Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We all know that we're in the last of the last days. No one will dispute that. And the problem is, is that in the work of God in the last days, it's such a, uh, I guess you could say, uh, such a deception. So the irony is that when they call good evil and evil good, and even the very elect, if it were possible, being deceived because of these mighty signs and deeds which the evil are doing. Now, in the last days, when we see Damascus, the oldest city in the world, and we find that Damascus will be destroyed, never be and never rise again. We're seeing the Euphrates drying up in Euphrates between the Euphrates River and the Tigris. We have Mesopotamia. Uh, there we have that Euphrates River going through uh, Turkey and Syria, Iran, right on down Iraq. Uh, Iraq being Babylon, Assyria. All of these nations are to the north of Israel. And there's a northern army in the last days. Now, Jeremiah, the prophet to the nations, states that in uh, Jeremiah 1. Now, he's called as a prophet to the nations from his mother's womb. And God asked Jeremiah, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And he said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Now, that rod, the rod of the stem of Jesse, is what we will all be measured by. We see it in Revelation 11. We see it in Zechariah 2. A line given to the man to measure the temple. We see it again in Revelation 11. There, verse 1. Uh, John saying, There was a reed like unto a rod given unto me, saying, Rise, measure the temple of God. We are the temple of God. And the altar, that's our prayer life. And those that worship therein. The true worshipers worship God in spirit and in truth. We have to worship in truth, they can't be deceived. And it goes on and says, And the uh, holy city shall be trodden under 42 months. So there's read like unto a rod given unto John. John, in the last days, in the spirit of Elijah, just as John the Baptist was in the spirit of Elijah at the first coming of Jesus, the suffering Messiah, the Hamashiach ben Yosef, the suffering Messiah. But then we're told again that Elijah in Matthew 17, after the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus coming down saying, tell no man the vision till after the Son of Man is resurrected. Then they ask him, why do the scribes there, the disciples of John, say that Elijah must first come? And Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. Now, those are the things of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But how many things? Partial truth? No, all truth. Now, in Pentecost, Paul stated we see through a glass darkly and knowledge impart. And when in these last days, there won't be seen through a glass darkly, because we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image. 
from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We see that in 2 Corinthians 3. Well, the work of God is a strange work. He's going to bring to pass his act, his strange act. It is judgment. Now we find the work of the cherubim in the last day. And notice that in Revelation 5, when we turn there, we see that there are before the throne of God, there are four and 20 seats and four and 20 elders. Then before the throne, there are four beasts. These beasts are zoe, living creatures. Many think they're angels. They're not angels. We'll find in Revelation 5 that we see in Revelation 4, verse 5, it says uh, there, and it says uh, round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats four and twenty elders, setting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold, verse 5. And uh, out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Now, lightning is the effulgence of the revelation of the word. Thunderings uh, is the, the understanding, the hearing of it, the understanding of the word. The voices is the shaking of the earth and the voice of the ministry, which we are, as the body of Christ, supposed to proclaim that everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations. We see here that he said uh, that in that verse 5, that there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. It's the sevenfold spirit of God we see in Isaiah 11. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Now the Zoe have eyes. That's the eyes of Revelation before and behind we'll find that these are full-grown living creatures, being the lion, man, calf, and eagle, the same that we see in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, lion, man, calf, and eagle coming out of the fire that is enfolding itself. We see the same in Zechariah 4, which are the four uh, there in Zechariah. Uh, we see there's four horns that prayed the earth, four carpenters, they rebuilt it, and these are the two olive trees of the two olive branches in Revelation 4 and 5 that we see in Zechariah 4. Now notice in Zechariah 2, there's a line to measure the city, the temple of God. And in Revelation, we find the same thing in Revelation 11. We also see in Zechariah 3 that Joshua is before the throne, and Satan comes there also to withstand him. At that time, Joshua, and that is Yeshua, once called by the name Jesus, we find that Satan there is to resist him. And the Lord says, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now notice in Ezekiel 1, where are these cherubims, these living creatures, a lion, man, ox, and eagle, that had their four faces, and they four had their four faces of a lion, man, ox, and eagle. Where did they come from? Out of a fire enfolding itself, and it has an appearance of a man. 
appearance of a man is Jesus the head and we the body of the Christ. The same we see in Revelation 4 and 5, which four and 20 elders and the four beasts sing the song of the Lamb, the song of the redeemed. They are not angels. They are the church of the living God that have gone higher in revelation in Jesus Christ. In Revelation 19.10, we see the same again, that John was about to worship, and he was about to worship this man. And he said, See, thou doest it not. John would never worship an angel. And when he would not lose his reward in a voluntary humility of worshiping an angel, intruding into those things which he knoweth not, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. If anyone knew the Lord, John, the revelator, knew the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was to bow down, was going to worship him. And he said, See, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. That's not an angel. It's of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, the spirit of prophecy is essential for understanding the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants, not the nation of Israel, the servants of God, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, that signified it by his angel under John. Just as John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming, that suffering Messiah, Ahamashiach ben Yosef, so John, in the spirit of Elijah, will forerun Jesus' second coming. We see that in Revelation, the 10th chapter. John was about to write what the seven thunders uttered, uh, their voice and it thundered, and he was about to write and said, See, thou write it not. Then he was told, there's a little book, a Bibliaridian. Take the little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. Not part of it, not partial truth, all of it, all truth. Just as we see in Ephesians 4. That is going up into Jesus in all things, not some things, in all things. Not a one verse Charlie saying that this one verse and you're saved by one verse. We're saved through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. That requires us to grow from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord, into all truth in the present proceeding word of God. Now that's not taught in this last days because they hold to one verse and that is once saved, always saved, either John 3.16 or Romans 10, 9, Acts 2, 38, whatever the case is, as newborn babies. But the babies are unskillful in the word of righteousness that Paul tells us in Hebrews 5. When you ought to be teachers, you have need again to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God. For you are in need of milk and not of strong meat. Then he goes, for the babies are unskillful in the word of of righteousness. But those that are weaned from the milk in a full age, they have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. 
And he goes on and he's talking about the Melchizedek ministry, which we are all called for in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the king priesthood. The high calling of God that we are all called for is the king priest and we will reign with our Lord in the earth for 1,000 years. Now, Paul states in Philippians to the church at Philippi that he said, I have not already attained yet, neither am I already perfect. Now, Paul wrote 14 books of the New Testament, if you give him, and we certainly do, the book of Hebrews. And he states there to the church at Philippi, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. Now, if Paul wasn't perfect, that means at the Pentecostal realm, no one had reached perfection. It was an embryonic church starting in Acts 2, there on the day of Pentecost. Pentecostals. But we must grow from Pentecostals into tabernacleists, into all truth. And Paul states that, that he said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth in those things which are before those things are the things of faith. Trying to apprehend that, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel, which is the fullness of uh, Jesus Christ, or the measure of the statue of Jesus. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. And pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now the mark is not an Allah or a bait or Gomel, or Daleth, and the Hebrew ABC theory. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory, the Tav. We see it in Ezekiel 9. Six men having a destroying weapon. And there was another one that had a rider's inkhorn by his side to set a mark upon them. That mark, if you look at in the original Hebrew, is a Tav. It's the same that we see in Enoch in Genesis 5, that Enoch pleased God and he was not. That N-O-T, not, is a tav, for he pleased God. He lived 65 years and then he pleased God and his whole total number after that was 300 days, 300 years, I'm sorry. 300 is the number of the man-child that is coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ in Bible numerics. The total number of years of Enoch was 365 days and he was 365 years and he was not. That is Tav. Now that's perfection. Well, exactly what Paul stated. We're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he said, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. That's the mind of Christ. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. Now in Revelation 7, God speaks there that seal the servants of God in their forehead. How many are going to be sealed? Well, before the four winds blow upon the earth, the four angels of four winds of heaven, the hurt, the land, the sea, and the trees, hurt not the earth, the land, nor the trees, of the seed nor the land nor the trees, until we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. That's the mind of Christ. That's doing the will of God, not as newborn babies, but going and growing 
from glory to glory in different stages of growth through the leading of the Holy Ghost. We start out as newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. But John tells us in 1 John 2, 12-14, we don't stay little children, stay little babies. We come up to little children. We don't stay babies. He said, I write unto you little children. You've grown because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. They have a greater revelation that the revelation of Jesus said he is the Father revealed in the office of the Son of God. The Son of God is the Father revealed as he stated in John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. We're one in the same spirit. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Christ Jesus bodily. God did not give the Spirit by measure unto Jesus. He's not a man that was filled with the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that took on a body of flesh and blood. Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, not made equal, to be equal, but made himself of no reputation. That's a kenosis. And that means to make one void, to humble oneself. Why? Because he's not going to work his spirit, even though he is the spirit of God without measure, that he is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. He makes himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. Because we have to have a kinsman redeemer, God himself humbled himself to take on the form of a servant. And Isaiah 43, 10, it states specifically that you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, God chose that servant. It certainly sounds to the natural mind as if there are two, a God junior, a second person of the Godhead. If we lean to our own understanding, then we'll believe that. But God says differently. He says, you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, as the self-existent eternal spirit of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, and my servant whom I have chosen, that is the man, the servant of God, as you see in Philippians 2, 6, that the Lord took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man. Well, who is this servant? God said in Isaiah 43, 10, Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, have the knowledge of it, and believe me, believe God. Don't believe the seminary or the various denominational Jesuses that is the second person of the Godhead. Believe God. Believe me and understand. He wants us to have the understanding of it, that I am he. The Lord Jehovah is that man. He goes on and explains. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. That's exactly what Paul said in Philippians 2, 6-8. through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God's spirit, all that God is, was, or ever will be, is Jesus Christ. And thought it not robbery to be equal with God. All of his attributes, every one of them. There wasn't one attribute lacking. He is all that God is in every attribute. And he said in that, and made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself. 
That means to make void, to literally empty out of glory and a self-imposed limitation upon himself. He did not cease and desist from being God. He just said, I'm the work as spirit, I'll work as a man. And he took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself, even to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. Just as Isaiah 43.10 states, Thus saith the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen. He chose the man to be his revelation, God himself, the Father of glory. And there's no way to reach the Father except through him, the Son of God, who is the Father revealed. Now, he goes on and said, Before me there was no God for him, neither shall be after me, Isaiah 43.10. Who is this? Well, he, said, he humbled himself into the death of the cross. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 is exactly parallel with the uh, prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 43.10-15. There's no Holy Trinity. It's a Holy One. That's what God's revealing in these last days. Now, with that said, when we see that the angels along with the angels along with the four and twenty elders and the four beasts, the angels are designated separately in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Why? Because the four and twenty elders speak of the church in perfection, the same as the zoe, the lion, man, calf, and eagle, the cherubim, which are the body of Christ, the members of the body of Christ coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Jesus. And it's revealing one, a holy one. There, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to what? To the glory of the Father. He didn't go to the glory of the Son. They went to the glory of the Father, as we see in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit of the Son and the Spirit of the Father are one and the same Spirit. We see that in the revelation of Christ. 1 John 2, 22, Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ because Christ is every office of the Spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Son of the living God. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is all the office of God and in all. Well, in 1 John 2, 22, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit. Christ is the Son, which in the days of his flesh was a flesh and blood man, and Emmanuel, God with us. And his glory is glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. There is Christ. Now, that same Jesus whom you crucified, Acts 2, 36, God hath made him, that man, both Lord and Christ. Glorify by the Father's own self. Who's in you now? Christ is in you. Who is that? Well, that's the Father of glory. 
That's the Son of God in you. Take a look there at Ephesians 4, 11. And it says that there's one body, one spirit in whom you're called and one hope of your calling. One, one, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's the father of us all above all and in us all. The father's in us. Not the second person of the Godhead. God, the father of glory, is in us which is the spirit of his son, Galatians 4, 6, one of the same. But how did we get it? We had a kinsman redeemer that was chosen by God as a servant. And during the days of his flesh, the law separated his spirit, that he is the father of glory, from the son in that he was emptied out of glory, made of no reputation in Philippians 2, 6. Very few understand that. Because that's the true revelation of the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 43, 10-15, it tells how God is the Holy One and not a Holy Trinity. But very few have followed the truth and hewed them out of the, the cisterns that can hold no water. And God, in the last day work, will reveal who He is on the revelation of Jesus Christ that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. He is the Almighty, the Omnipotent, Omniscient, Omnipresent God. We see it in 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, the Omnipotent, Almighty God, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. We see it in 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? Because the Father is in us now. Jesus sent us the Father of glory. Christ, the Holy Ghost, is in us. And he said, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, the face. But now we all with open face Beholding in, in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image from glory to glory. It's a growth there. So he states that. What is it? In 2 Corinthians 3, he says that the Lord is that spirit. Now we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be gotten out of ourselves. Nothing that we can glory in. It's all him in him and through him. But the Lord is that spirit. Jesus is the Lord. He is that spirit. There's no spirit junior. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Stand therefore in the liberty, for in Christ has made you free, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We all with open face, not as in Pentecost, seen through a glass darkly. We all with open face now, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. And we're growing up into him and all things and all truth. So that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. God is doing the sealing of that now in his saints, in the servants of God in Revelation 7. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Very few understand that the sealing will be a radical work of the Lord God in through the body of Christ. So radical a work that very few will enter into it only a remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus will have that testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. We find that in Revelation 19, 10. 
John saw it. Also, Paul saw it. He saw that man. In the body, out of the body, he could not tell. Such one caught up to the third heaven and saw things unlawful for a man to speak. That same thing that he said about the cherubim, the zoe, the four beasts before the throne of God in Hebrews 9, 5. It had uh, talked about a worldly sanctuary with a divine service. And he went on in Hebrews 9, 5, talking about the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now, Paul said, we cannot now speak particularly. We can't particularly speak about it now because we're in a wrong season. We're in the season of Pentecost, and it's only going to be revealed in tabernacles. You'll find in Ezra and Nehemiah, the temple there, the bell, that Ezra made a pulpit, and it was in Tishri in the month, seventh month, Ethneim, and the month of and the season of tabernacles that God gave them the understanding of the book. That's when he leads and guides us all, the body of Christ, into all truth, not in the sweet by and by. Now, we are to grow up into Jesus in all things, Ephesians 4. That's all truth, so that we will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It is essential that we grow not and stay not as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word. We may grow thereby because if we stay on the milk and do not grow, then we'll get rickets and literally will not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. No, somebody said, what about the one saved, always saved? Well, then what is that question, that uh, statement that Jesus states there uh, in Revelation? He said, if you add anything to the words of the book of this prophecy, the plagues of this book will be added unto you. And if you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, remember we have the spirit of prophecy, to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is... Uh, the word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost through the preceding word. And he said, if you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, your name will be taken out of the holy city and blotted out of the book of life. We're talking a very essential truth here. And who will hear for this time that we are in now? Oh, that they were wise. They would, that they would consider their latter end, the last days. Because they have refused the, the pure sweet waters of Shiloh, of the Holy Ghost, hell hath enlarged itself. Now we at DBM have a ministry there and the ministers have sold out and literally followed the Lord in all things to take this gospel to all the world for witness unto all nations. On the 19th of January, 2019, I had a visitation from the Lord in Transmaria, Kenya, preaching a Messiah tribal church after the morning and evening service there. It was lasted about four hours of uh, teaching and preaching to a wonderful tribe of Messiah uh, uh, people that coming out, going to the vehicle, the Lord visited me. I was there lasting about two hours, but the bottom line is the Lord said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. East, eastward in the word of God is RMD 144, perfect government of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost. Thousand is perfected glory. Those are the ones that will be sealed. 
It's the church of the living God. What will we have at that point? That we will follow and know the Holy One, not a Holy Trinity. God is moving on that now. We're seeing rivers driving up, not only the Euphrates, the Iris. We're seeing the Colorado River, the Mississippi River drying up, Yancey. Uh, they're in China, the Danube, many of the rivers throughout the globe are drying up. And God said he would. And in the work of the ministry, it is a strange work. Judgment laid to the line. Righteousness to the plummet. Don't mock at it. Don't make fun of it. Lest the bands of your heart be made strong. For I've heard of the Lord of hosts, a consumption decreed upon the whole earth. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear you the word of the Lord. It has surprised the hypocrite. They thought God was simply going to save everybody in the world. You just simply believe on Jesus and you're saved. But to believe on Jesus is the, to believe is pisteo. It's stative, not transitive. And it requires us to be obedient unto righteousness. You see, grace reigns through righteousness, Romans 5. And sin reigned by death. But grace reigns through righteousness, not alone. It reigns through righteousness through the work of God that he knew, he that knew no sin, Jesus, that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God by faith. And it requires obedience. That's Romans 6. He said, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey. This sloppy agape, this grace that requires no works of righteousness through faith and obedience is a lie, a gross lie. And many that read the word of God and you hear the spirit of the Lord, the voice of the Son of God, you know that there's more for you in the, the revelation of Jesus. He's called you for a higher glory. Well, that's exactly what we're seeing here in the work of God in the last days through judgments. Because when judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. To learn righteousness is righteousness not of the law. When Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things and do count it but dung, that I might win Christ and be found not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law but the righteousness of God by faith. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. But we grow from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We cannot stay stagnant. Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus stated, I'll search Jerusalem with candles. Punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We can't be settled. We must be stirred going on to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. We is our Redeemer. When we understand that this work in the last days where we will be judged and judgment first beginning at the house of God and the righteous scarcely being saved and worse of the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear. When God arises to do his work, his strange work and bring to pass his act, his strange act. And when he's performed his whole work upon Zion, then he will come. We find in Acts 3, 20 and 21 that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. 
all truth. And that's where we are living in these last days. So we're going to go into this last great work of God. That is a strange work that God said that he would do in the last days. And it would last for a time, times, and dividing of a time, three and a half years, 42 months, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry that you read about in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, and Revelation 12. The two witnesses, which is the man-child, which is the last day church of the living God, given two wings of an eagle where she flieth into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared of God, where she's nourished from the face of the serpent for a time, times, and dividing of a time, that three and a half year Jesus ministry that we are all called for this work of the ministry. Tune into these podcasts. We're getting into the word and the present proceeding word of God. We have gone from newborn babes. If we have been born of the water and the spirit, according to John 3, we have heard what Peter say, stated on the day of Pentecost. When they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Acts 2.37. Peter, who stood up with the other 11 standing up with him, said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. For the spiritual circumcision of your heart in the spirit. Whose praise is not a man but of God. Having your conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God by water baptism for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, not only born of the water, but born of the Spirit for the promises unto you and to your children, to as many as that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's still happening today to be birthed into the kingdom and born again is that Acts 2.38, born of the water and the Spirit. Do we stop there? No. Within Pentecostal, yes, praise God. But we must go on so we will not be plenty lost, that we will be Pentecostals going on to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus, not staying newborn babies. Well, we desire the sincere mark of the word. We may grow thereby. We must grow. Then John tells us in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You're born again. And I write to you little children because you've known the Father. Well, Jesus stated the same in Matthew 7 and the constitution of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the greatest message ever preached by our Lord here in the earth as he gave us the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. And he stated there in Matthew 7, verse 22, 23 on, that not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, only those that do the will of his Father, the will of God. And many will then profess unto Jesus and say, Lord, we prophesied in thy name, and in thy name we cast out devils, and in thy name we've done many wonderful works. Jesus said, I never knew you. They were born again. They were little children because they knew that he is Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, no believer, no person can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. These were born again. But because they did not do the will of God and allowed iniquity 
lawlessness to come in. They did not have access to the kingdom of heaven. And even though they worked miracles, even though they'd cast out devils, even though they'd done many wonderful works in the name of Jesus, Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You didn't do the will of God because you now will not, not doing the will of God, finding the general will, no, the perfect personal will of God for each individual member. God has dealt to each individual member in the body of Christ the measure of faith. That's not taught. It's given through denominal churches that a general faith will save you. You have to find the will of God. The quest for life and to enter the kingdom of heaven is finding the will of God and doing it. Just as Paul stated, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that worketh in you both to will and to do. We must do God's will, God's pleasure, not our own will. Jesus stated that, stating that if any man come after me, let him first deny himself. Don't go after your self-will. Deny himself. Pick up your cross and follow me. The cross is the government of God, but we have a crossless Christianity. We don't, we don't believe in sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth mortifying the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust in order to do the will of God. And we are told how to do it in Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Do not believe these prosperity preachers. You can't have the world in Jesus too. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not any. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the mind of Christ. Why? That you may prove what is that perfect good will of God for you. Romans 12, 1. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do. What is iniquity? Not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. We think, well, we're doing good works. We think, well, I've, I've cast out devils. I've done many wonderful works and uh, prophesied in the name, but we didn't do the will of God. If you're called to be an apostle, be one. Or secondarily, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. Workers of miracles. Uh, their gifts of healings. Helps. Governments. Helps. All of these are different ministrations in the body of Christ but one in the self-same spirit. But we have to find that call and abide in it in order to have access to the kingdom of heaven. So we pray, God, let us do thy will. Thy will be done. And show me thy will. Have your will done in my life. Let me be pleasing to you. Let me do your will. Not mine, but your will. When you're on that track, you have gone from newborn babies to little children. You know he's the Lord. But now, young men, those are the ones that are doing the will of God. You've grown from a newborn baby to a little children. Now, First John 2, 12-14, I write unto you, young men, you've grown quite a bit. The inner man has grown quite a bit after the Christ that's in you. And that is... Uh, the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. You're doing the will of God. 
and you're hearing the voice of God in obedience, what you're saying in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. And we'll get into that into detail. Then Revelation 4 and 5, we come to fathers. Those are the Zoe, the living creatures. Uh, that's the beast before the throne of God. And uh, the priesthood, four and 20 seats with four and 20 elders. That's the priesthood. And there, the beast, the Zoe, those are the kings. A king priesthood of what we're all called for in these last days. Not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. Not newborn babes, not little children, not young men, but fathers going on to the Zoe, the living creatures, the beast, the lion, man, calf, and eagle. And only those will be the ones that preach in Revelation 6 on. And one of the beasts said, come and see. They are preaching their everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations. We must have the sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, which is the seal of Jesus, the word of God. We must grow in him, grow up into him in all things and all truth, lest a promise slip any of us. We should seem to come short of entering into his rest. Hebrews 4. By the fathers, I write unto you fathers, the final growth state that we've added to our faith virtue. We've been honest with God and adhering to the leading of the Holy Ghost. But to add to your virtue knowledge, growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and add to your knowledge their temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things. Then temperance, add to your temperance, patience. That tribulation worketh patience. You have to go through the fire. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But let patience have a perfect work that after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience. And add to our patience, godliness. That's the God life. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was in Christ. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Justified in the spirit, believed on the world, preached unto the Gentiles, and there well, and received up into glory. Who was? God himself. Not God Jr. Not a second person of the Godhead. He was seen of angels. He was preaching to the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. He was received up into glory. He's glorified with the Father's own self. He came from the Father, came into the world through making himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6, and the humbling, humbling of himself. And hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us, 1 John three sixteen. But then after, he took the ordinances of that cross, having fulfilled it, and nailed it to his cross. He broke down that middle wall of partition that during that time with the law there, he still, as a kinsman redeemer made under the law, had to pray to the Father because he had made himself of no reputation. Therefore, Jesus did not pray to himself. He prayed to the Father. What was the dividing? What was that wall that partitioned him from the Father? The law. Well, he is the Father? Yes. 
but he was working salvation in and of himself alone, God himself working it. That is Isaiah 43, 10 through 15. Before me, there was no God formed, neither should be after me. See, now that I, am, that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, Jesus stated. The Holy One. Oh, look, take a look at Isaiah 43, 15. The Holy One of Israel. Notice when that devil saw Jesus, they said, we know thee who thou art. You're the Holy One of Israel. There's no Holy Trinity. The devils believe in one God and tremble. They're not saved, but they know who he is. The church of the last days will know him. From the least to the greatest, for the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the water, waters cover the seas. God's doing it now, neighbor. The Lord is calling us to full-grown fathers, and it will fulfill the word of God in Malachi 4. Remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. That's the Elijah ministry, a ministry of restitution or restoration that Jesus said in Matthew 17, Elijah must first come and restore all things. Not the suffering Messiah, John the Baptist, before the suffering Messiah, Yeshua, Hamashiach, the Hamashiach uh, there, Ben Yosef, the suffering Messiah, Jesus. But this last day, glorious Jesus coming with power, coming with great glory, coming in the glory of the Father. Who is he? Looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Titus 2.13. There's not another God. There's no God Junior. There's no second person of the Godhead. And Jesus stated that. And when the Pharisees could not understand who Jesus is and would not call him who he was. In John 8, 13, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Well, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. They're one in the same spirit. Well, they said, you're not the Father. You're not the Word. You're not the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I am not alone. And my Father that sent me. Then he explains, it is written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself, there's one witness, and my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There, they said, where is your father? They didn't get it. Most of the denial churches today do not get it. And they said, where is your father? It's a pharisaical spirit. Where is your father? They will not give Jesus, the son of God, that he is the father in glory. He is the father revealed. Just as Jesus said to Philip, Philip said, Lord, show John 14, Lord, show us the father. And that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then show us the Father? Believe me that I am in the Father, my Father in me, or thus believe me for the work's sake. What works? He said, the words that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the work. He's the one 
healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, the captive going free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. Jesus said, I can moan, self, do nothing. He's the Father revealing. He is that spirit. Even in the days of his flesh. He's praying to the Father because he's what? A kinsman redeemer made under the law. Galatians 4 verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. But after he fulfilled that law, then he took the ordinances of it and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition and went back to his father, who he is, was, and always will be before. He came from God, went back to God, not around him, not beside him, to God. And that's where you see in Revelation 3.21. He said, him that overcome will I grant to sit with me in my throne. I made you set together in heavenly places because you're bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. We're not the spirit. And Jesus went on to say, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. Even as I overcame, Jesus stated, and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father, not beside it, in my Father's throne. All power in heaven and earth given to him, Matthew 28, 18. Acts 2, 36, that same Jesus whom you crucified, God has made him both Lord, God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. Who is he? He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. That's who he is. How is important is it to know that Jesus is the Father, the Son of God, that is the Father revealed. How important is that? Take a look at John 8, 13, and we'll close the podcast on these words of Jesus. Not all words, but the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. When they said, you bear what record of yourself, Jesus, your record is not true. John 8, 13. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true because I'm not alone. I and my father that sent me, and he said, written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I'm one that bear witness of myself. My father sent me, he beareth witness of me. Well, they only saw one man standing there. And Jesus said, it's written in your law that the two men, the witness of two men is true. So they asked the question, where is your father? They didn't get it. That Jesus is that spirit. They didn't get it. And Jesus said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. He's telling them point blank, straight, forwardly, that he is the Father. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury. No man laid hands on it because his hour was not yet come. Moreover, Jesus said, whether I go, I go my way, and you cannot come. They said, uh, Pharisees said, will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Look at John 8, 24, friend. Jesus stated, Except you believe that I am he. That where's your father? He states, except you believe that I am he. You shall die in your sins. That's pretty straightforward. We must believe the Son of God is the Father. Jesus stated he is. And this they understood not. John 8, 27. They understood not. He spake to them of the Father. Well, there's the time. Our time's gone. <laughs> well, we're praying for each one of you that God uh, 
perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Contact me. Let's work together. God is sealing his people now in this last great day work of the ministry. There the Lord Jesus be with you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold, the real Jesus.